Almost Famous with John Shea. Featuring local and independent musicians from the South Shore, Boston, and New England. On 95.9 WATD. Welcome to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. Introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England every Tuesday night. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. I'm John Shea. If you're a local band or musician with original music you'd like to hear on the radio, all you have to do is reach out, find all the contact information on the Almost Famous page at 95.9WATD.com. Also, give me a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Almost Famous Radio and subscribe to the podcast. You can find that by searching Almost Famous WATD on your favorite podcast app or at almostfamousradio.com. So we are on the tiny stage tonight, and I'm being joined in studio by Molly O'Leary. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. For those who might not be familiar with you, give yourself an introduction. So yes, my name is Molly O'Leary. I'm a singer-songwriter from New Bedford, Massachusetts, playing music, you know, around those areas, Boston, Providence, and whatnot, and always looking to reach out further and I'm also a school adjustment counselor at an elementary school in New Bedford and I'm also a yoga teacher so I feel like that sums it up I'm also a cat lover that's about it (laughs) that's amazing I love all those yes you also have an album that came out not that long ago yes it was my first album full band in a studio it came out in October of um, 2021 and it's called Holding Space. Excellent and you're going to be playing somewhat locally a couple of times this month including this Thursday in Cohasset and then on August 27th you'll be at the Waterfront Festival in Plymouth. Talk about some of those shows if you would. Yes this Thursday I'm excited me and um, John Fernandes are playing as a duo at the Cave at the Red Lion Inn in Cohasset, booked by PB&J Records, which I'm grateful for them. They're super awesome. And um, Abby Rose and Brian um, Montanaro are opening up for us. And then there's some shows in between then and the Plymouth one. I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but one of them is August 20th. I'm at Rebecca Korea's Bennett Farm concert series out in Rochester, Mass. There's a great lineup of musicians there. And then... Um, as you mentioned, August 27th, I believe. I'm at the Plymouth Waterfront Festival um, with John Fernandes again. Carlin Tripp's going to be there. Um, Will Evans, which super honored to share the stage with him. And there's a few more that they're all really talented. So it's always great to, to play those bills with musicians from the area. Yeah, so if somebody wants to keep track of all of these shows and just follow you in general, share with us your website and maybe any of the socials too. Yes, my website is mollyolearymusic.com, and then my schedule is on the website, like on the bottom, or if you just click tour, um, also on bands in town, and then for social media, like Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, it's also Molly O'Leary Music. Fantastic. Let's start the night off with some music, Molly. What are we listening to first? Yeah, this first song is an original called Go Rogue. That's off Holding Space. Um, All of these songs, except for the last two, are going to be off of Holding Space, And um, it's about being vulnerable and brave enough to tell the ones you care about that you love them. Let's hear it. We have Molly O'Leary on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. It's all yours. i 
quarter of a century I've been learning lessons of my own kind Some have made me cry And all I know
Great way to start the night. Molly O'Leary on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Molly, talk about that song. How did that song happen? That song, I feel like it was like in the middle of writing the album, and I remember feeling relieved that I finally had a happy song <laughs> for the album because <laughs> a lot of the songs were, were pretty heavy. And I feel like it came from a lot of reflection of feeling grateful for my friends and my family and my aunt, who I'm the health care proxy for, had gone into a nursing home with a dementia diagnosis, and that was difficult and to deal with, but it also made me realize that life is short, and it made me grateful for a lot of things as well, and, you know, that realization that life is short made me write the song and want for my loved ones to let them know that I love them and I care about them, so that's where that one came from. What was the reaction from them when you first shared that? Oh, yeah, my, my friends and family are are so great and super supportive of my music. And whenever I play that one for them, it's so, so nice to see their faces light up. And it keeps me going. I like playing that one first a lot because it kind of gets me out of my head and helps me feel grounded in, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing and who I'm doing it for and what's important to me. So it's, it's a nice one that I like to start with because it's very grounding. Love it. Talk about your earliest musical memories. Yes, when I was, I started taking guitar lessons with Rebecca Korea, who's from Rochester. and She's great. Uh, yeah, I love her. And uh, she was a huge inspiration to me and my music and still is. So that was when I was about 11 years old, I started taking lessons with her. And I initially got into music because my older brother, Tom O'Leary, who's an amazing drummer, and he plays around in a bunch of bands in the area. He's also a music teacher at New Bedford High School. He um, was really inspiring me to get into music. I tried drums first because, of course, I wanted to copy him, and I was, like, horrible at drums. So he was like, maybe you should try guitar. (laughs) Uh, And I'm happy you suggested that. It was a good choice for me. At what point along the way did music become more than just a hobby and actually a career? Yeah, that's a good question. I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately because I feel like during the pandemic, I wrote so many songs and it really feels like more of a career lately. Like in the past couple of years, I recorded Holding Space in, I guess, 2020. We started and then put it out in 2021. And it just feels like I'm really settling into that singer-songwriter original music vibe. So it feels like a career now. I've, of course, been playing music since I was... 11 I started. I remember when I was 12, I started playing at Cafe Arpeggio's Open Mic in New Bedford and started playing like the New Bedford Folk Festival when I was a teenager. And I had some originals, but the past few years, I feel like I've really come into myself, which feels nice. So as you were, you know, playing those open mics and, you know, maybe writing original songs and then working on the album, what changed about your confidence level after each one of those milestones in your career? I think that I've just continuously been surrounded by so many people that believe in me, and I definitely don't think my confidence level started out in a good place at all. But then I feel like those open mics like Art Tebbets, who's from New Bedford, would host the one at Cafe Arpeggio, and uh, he's believed in me since since day one. And then Rebecca, of course, has believed in me and, and my family, and then just getting a great like friend-slash-fan base that they're kind of intertwined. So having all those people believe me and push me forward and also a lot of the stuff I sing about is like about mental health awareness and social justice and things I've gone through that I write about to process and heal from things. So when I started playing those out, especially in the past couple of years, and I realized how many other people are affected by those issues and how the music, you know, can 
positively impact things and start important conversations, that like drive and that passion became bigger than the fear and the doubt, I guess, that became more more important to me than worrying, you know, if I was good enough or not. You know, it's interesting doing a show like this, I get to interview dozens and dozens of musicians. One thing that comes up more than anything else is that, you know, people spend thousands and thousands of dollars on, you know, the most incredible instruments and, and lessons and they spend money to be, you know, in the studio, you know, writing original songs. But the key to most people's success, at least around here, seems to be people who believe in you. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like we're in such a good community of musicians and music lovers. And it doesn't feel like a competition. It just feels like a beautiful place where everyone is supporting each other and connecting. So I'm exactly. grateful. Yeah, for that. Me so, too. Thanks to people like you. Oh, thank you. And you too, because I, I couldn't do what I do without musicians. So thank you. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's do more of your songs. What are we listening to next? This next song is called 13. It's the last track on the album, also the 13th track. That number 13 kind of represents rebirth and, and healing. And it's a really important song to me. As I mentioned, I sing about things that I've been through, as I'm sure all the singer-songwriters do. And it was about me being in recovery from an eating disorder, which I've been in recovery for the past, like, two and a half years, almost three years, actually. And it was, which is a heavy thing to talk about, but it's important to talk about. And also, this song is a celebration of that recovery. So it's kind of like a screw the patriarchy song, I'm (laughs) rising from the ashes kind of tune. (laughs) Let's hear it, Molly O'Leary on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Disappointment 
And that is Molly O'Leary on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Nice job on that. Thank you. And I really admire the courage that it takes to get over something like an eating disorder because that must not have been even close to being easy. Yeah, it definitely wasn't easy. I think it was, it was something that maybe started in, in high school but then really erupted in, in college and it took, it took a while to, to even realize what was going on and what was wrong and then to heal from it. But the music definitely, definitely helps. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, too, like once you realized it was a problem, was it easy to then ask for help? Well, it's very interesting. I mean, <laughs> coincidentally, I was going to school for social work and, you know, part of the courses are about, you know, how to help clients with eating disorders. And there was definitely a long period of time where I was not aware of, of my own issue. Um, but then when I did begin to realize it, and I, I had I have a good friend, um, a very good friend who is also in recovery, and, and she she went first. And then I felt like from her experiences and her dialogue, I realized that I had an issue. And so it was easy for me to ask for help. I think one because coming from the social work field, as soon as I realized it was a problem, I kind of knew all the steps I needed to take to get the therapy I needed and whatnot. And then my friend who had kind of spearheaded the the healing process for me gave me a lot of great advice and a lot of great suggestions for counselors in the area and whatnot. So that was helpful. Well, congratulations. I hope you stay strong. Thank you. Molly O'Leary is the guest on the almost famous tiny stage tonight, 95.9 WATD. And we are up to our first break of the tiny stage hour. We have more to chat about with Molly and a lot more songs to share as well. Right here on almost famous 95.9 WATD brought to you by tiny and sons glass. Stick around. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. 
Welcome back to the almost famous Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you each week by Tiny and Sons Glass, I'm John Shea. Tonight, on the Tiny Stage, we have Molly O'Leary. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for coming. Yes, happy to be here. For those who missed the first part of the night, give yourself another introduction. So again, my name is Molly O'Leary, singer-songwriter from New Bedford, Massachusetts, playing in the area, you know, and trying especially to play original music, also a school adjustment counselor at an elementary school in New Bedford, and also a yoga teacher, and I also said before I'm a cat lover, so that was my, my spiel. How many cats do you have? I have two cats. Are they listening? Oh, I'm sure they are. <laughs> they are definitely listening. They love the music. Cool. What are their names? Uh, Luna and Loki. They're, cool. They're two black Great cat cats. names, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> your website and your socials, show those. My website is mollyolearymusic.com, and then on socials, like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, is also Molly O'Leary Music. And Holding Space, that came out when, 2021? Yes, October of 2021, so... I always am thinking in school year terms because I work at a school, so it's like sort of this year, but sort of last year. <laughs> cool. Where's that available? It's on all the streaming services um, like Spotify or Apple Music, whatever people use, YouTube. Um, and I also have hard copies in case people are old school. They can order it on my website. Cool. I have one of those on my desk, actually. <laughs> and you've got a couple of shows coming up, including uh, one this Thursday in Cohasset. And uh, later on, you're going to be uh, still here on the South Shore in Plymouth. But uh, talk about some of the uh, upcoming shows where we can see you live. Yes. Um, this Thursday, which is August 11th, I believe, at the Cave at the Red Lion Inn in Cohasset. That's me and John Fernandes playing as a duo with Abby Rose and Brian Montanaro opening up for us. And then um, there's definitely a bunch in between, but one in between is August 20th at Rebecca Korea's Bennett Farm Concert Series. And then August 27th, I believe, is at the Plymouth Waterfront Festival. Fantastic. That's Molly O'Leary on the tiny stage tonight. Time for more music. What are we listening to next? I'm going to do a song that I wrote for my students. I work at Rodman Elementary School in New Bedford, Massachusetts, and I wrote this song last year reflecting on the different social injustices that they face and to talk about that rather than ignore the conversation. And also it's a song about you know, how those things are true and they're difficult, but also at our school we can create like a pocket of change and that there's hope and that we can, you know, feel empowered in that together. Let's hear it. Molly O'Leary, 95.9 WATD, the tiny stage is yours. I know 
of fairy dust and magic in our little school to protect you. Doesn't that sound cool? Sadly isn't on your side It's out to get you and make you cry It's a monster mm-hmm. But we can face it together Oh, we'll be superheroes, we'll save the day Love and laughter keep evil away We can do it If we stick together And I know this world can be so cruel And I know it's scary when there's creeps and ghouls fairy dust and magic in our little school to protect you doesn't that sound cool Molly O'Leary, 95.9 WATD. Very nice job on that. Thank you. Talk about how you compose. How do you write music? Yes, I feel like I've been getting that question lately, and then I'm like, oh, yes, I have to think about this. How do I write? (laughs) I guess I don't really think about it in the moment, but I think that lately it's usually the lyrics first. Like maybe I'll write like a verse in in a chorus, and then I'll go to the guitar and start working on the music for it and see what fits, if something new fits or something, you know, old I have in my back pocket fits, and then from there I'll finish the song. So it's kind of like lyrics halfway, music halfway, and then I finish it together. And and speaking of lyrics, you mentioned earlier, and it's mentioned on your website too, using songwriting as a form of activism. You uh, raise awareness about situations like mental health and social justice. Elaborate on that. How does that fit into your songwriting? I think that's, yeah, kind of the main focus of my music and what, especially in the past, you know, two years and with the release of Holding Space, what I realized I want my platform to be and what kind of artist I want to be. And, you know, there are a lot of artists, both locally and nationally or internationally, that have that also as their their mission. So seeing what they do and how they're using music as a career to 
sing about those important issues is a big inspiration for me and um, it's definitely you know setting a keeping a fire blazing in my heart to, to keep going. And going back a couple of songs to a song like 13, mental health has been magnified over the last several years, especially with the COVID lockdowns and all that. And it's a fine line because many other generations don't really understand or even accept a lot of mental health conditions that are happening lately. And I've, I've seen this happen with, with many shows. I've seen this happen on one of your shows, actually. How do you relay that message to an audience that might not understand it? Yeah, it can be definitely challenging. I think having the conversations are really important. And I mean, with with someone like you, I'm very grateful to have this interview and to have you really listen and and ask questions in a therapeutic, like safe, (laughs) comfortable way. And I know sometimes people just like don't know how to have the conversations or aren't aware of what's going on. So there can be, it can get awkward sometimes. I think I know that it can it can get there and I feel in a place in my recovery and in my life where I'm just kind of prepared for that and I have my my tools personally ready like I have two different therapists one for more like general mental health one for my eating disorder recovery and I have you know all my tools and things that I use for myself in case I need that so I feel in a place where I, I can I guess risk the the things that might trigger me or not go well because I see the conversations like this one we're having right now, they're super rewarding and they make that worth it, if that answers the question. It does. <laughs> okay, and, cool. and you have, you know, one of the biggest tools that anybody could have, and that's a voice. Yeah. You've got a guitar, you've got a voice. Have you changed anybody's perception of mental health through your music that you know of? I think so. I know I definitely have a lot of conversations about people who, like, have also gone through eating disorders or even in the middle of, of it, and, and, you know, we talk, and, and I try my best to connect them to resources and whatnot in the area. I also sing about um, a lot of some of my loved ones are in recovery from addictions, so when I sing, I have a couple songs about that, and I've had really great conversations with people who are also either loved ones of those struggling with addictions or are recovering, you know, people with addictions themselves, so I feel like as much as I hope that my music has impacted them, those conversations, those people have also really impacted and helped me. So it feels it feels really, really good. I think you're like reading my mind because my next question is, <laughs> what effects has your songwriting had on your fans specifically? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, like I, for example, like I went to on tour the past like three weeks with John Fernandes and we went to, to D.C. and then the Carolinas and then Tennessee and back up. And there was this fan, her name is, is Kim, and um, she was the biggest funder of the Holding Space album because I had a Kickstarter project going for it. And I didn't even know her. She was like a friend of a friend, basically, long story short. And so she was like... I, I wanted to do a private concert for her as a thank you for all of her donations for supporting Holding Space with that Kickstarter. And anyways, she let us stay at her place, and as I was giving her the private concert, somewhere in the middle, she was talking to me in between songs, and she listed all these things that helped. I won't go into it because that's her story to tell, but all these things that helped her because my music like helped her through this situation and that situation, and it was crazy. I didn't even know that about her, and it just definitely it filled me up. And it, it's, music is so magical. So it magical. is, <laughs> and it really does change the world. 
Yeah, it, it does. It does. I mean, there's a lot of difficult things in this world, and some of my topics in the songs are, are heavy. But then I feel like the music, you know, is is magic and creates such hope, and it's it's amazing. <laughs> really does. Yeah. Molly O'Leary on the tiny stage tonight, ninety-five-nine WATD. Let's hear more of your songs. What are we listening to next? This one is called "Come to the Coven," and it is about the magic of friendship. I um, have a lot of good friends over at the Heron, which is a beautiful nonprofit um, yoga studio and uh, meditation center and nature sanctuary. They have a location in Fall River and out of Westport. And I met really my best friends there. So I wrote this for them to talk about the magic that exists in friendships. Let's hear it. Molly O'Leary, 95.9 WATD. The tiny stage is yours. Come as you are We'll dance around the maple 
Very nice. Smalley O'Leary, 95.9 WATD. For uh, these incredibly hot days, I was getting some real fall vibes from that song. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just, you know, yearning for that. <laughs> so the album... It's called Holding Space. It was crowdfunded, I just learned from you. Talk about how the album happened. Like, what made you decide now's the time for an album? Yeah, I was um, just chilling in my apartment in downtown New Bedford at the time during the pandemic and didn't really have a lot to do. And I think that um, I think that my mental health was being, being really challenged at the time. So thank God I had music. It's very much a saving grace and these songs just kind of poured out of me. I think that, you know, I was home so much and I wasn't really thinking about, like, am I going to play these songs out? Am I going to record an album? It was more just to, like, get me through that very difficult time. And I ended up having, like, 17 songs (laughs) by the end of it. And then I sent them over to John Fernandes, who is my brother's, like, best friend. And and I He's amazing, too. Yeah, he's incredible. And I've seen him live a bunch, and I did not think in a million years he would say yes. But my brother was like, well, just just ask him. I mean, what do you have to lose? So I asked him, and he was, like, so down for it right from the beginning. I know, like, Grace Morrison's always, like, raving about him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Grace, too. Oh, goodness. Yeah, but he's he's so incredible, and, and it just clicked right away. I've, I don't think I've ever played with a musician where it clicks like that. And he just really understood my music, my vibe. Um, what I was singing about and why it's important. And so he he created all these beautiful guitar parts that are largely like ethereal and, you know, that cool vibe that I really was going for. And he did it in a way that was very tasteful because it was never like over my vocals. It was in between all the, the space and it filled up the songs. So I, I couldn't imagine the album without him. I mean, he was a huge part in in, in the record. When I talk about it, I, I personally always say our record because I feel like it's just, it's both of our records. <laughs> well, let's continue with more songs. I think we have two more left. What are we listening to next? Cool. I think I'm going to do two more, two new ones that are going to be on the next album. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited about them. So uh, there's, there's cool stuff about the next album, but unfortunately, sorry, John, I'm not ready to announce that yet. <laughs> I know, but, but um, it you is going to happen. That it just means we're going to have to have you back. That would be great. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you off, off uh, line later. Sounds good. <laughs> cool. Um, so this song, for now, I'm not sure about the title yet, but I think it's going to be called I Should Get Off My Phone which is pretty literally what it's about. I wrote it <laughs> uh, as a message for myself to get off my freaking phone because I'm on it too much and I'm being brainwashed by it and my eyeballs hurt from it. So, And I'm I sure that many people that. listening to it are probably listening on their phone. Yeah, they're listening on their phone. <laughs> yeah, I love... Um, I've been playing this one out loud, live the past couple months and like... Two things happen. One is I talk about what it's about, and then people like awkwardly get off their phone. <laughs> like it's like I'm catching them in the act. But then I'm also like, hey, but if you want to follow me, I'm at Molly O'Leary Music. And then people are like very confused. They don't know what to do. They're like, I should stay off my phone. I think you just descri- <laughs> I think you may have just described the video. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, let's hear it, Molly O'Leary on the tiny stage, ninety-five-nine WATD. Scroll 
Very cool. Molly O'Leary on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Great job. Thanks. Very intense. Yeah. <laughs> I played that for the first time last night at Askew in Providence with a full band, and it was so much fun. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. We are up against our final break of the night. We have time for one more song. Does that work for you? Perfect. All right. We'll do that after this. 95.9 WATD, Almost Famous, brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. I'm John Shea, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. And in studio tonight, we are being joined by Molly O'Leary. How you doing? I'm 
I'm still good. How are you? Doing great. So during that commercial break. <laughs> yeah, during the commercial break, I broke string. <laughs> but we're going to try and get uh, yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. I um, uh, It's just the high E. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I was so. trying to be cool and tuned to Dad Gad, and it happened. <laughs> so the last time this happened, we actually was with uh, Ashley Jordan, which was uh, about 11 years ago. And uh, it launched her into stardom, so maybe it'll <laughs> yeah. happen again tonight. <laughs> yes, everyone, I broke string, <laughs> so I listen, listen to my music. <laughs> yeah. So before we get too much that. further, share with us again your website and the socials. Um, yes, website is mollyolearymusic.com, and socials is also mollyolearymusic. Excellent. And a couple of shows coming up. Yep, I got this Thursday, August 11th, I believe, at the Cave at the Red Lion Inn in Cohasset um, with John Fernandes, Abby Rose, Brian Montanaro. And as you mentioned before, August 27th is the Plymouth Waterfront Festival with an incredible lineup, including Carlin Tripp and Will Evans. And then there's a bunch in between, um, but one that I'll highlight is August 20th at Rebecca Correa's Bennett Farm Concert Series. Yes. Talk about collaborating with your brother because that's kind of a, a rarity in music. Yeah, it's really special um, to me. It means a lot. I mean, I wouldn't be doing music if it wasn't for him. He's always been such a huge inspiration to me. He, you know, growing up was really into punk rock and Green Day, and so I therefore was really into punk rock and Green Day. And I do not play punk music, obviously, but it's been a big uh, inspiration. And we've seen, I've seen Green Day like five times, and he's seen Green Day, oh God, I don't know, probably 10 times. But to be able to play music together now, is really special and and I, I think it's special to him too and there have been I know it's special to him too there have been you know very emotional heartwarming conversations we've had about it fantastic yeah <laughs> well thank you again for making the trip down to the south shore from New Bedford and best yeah. of luck the album is out it's called Holding Space it's on all streaming platforms and uh, go check out some of the live shows yes please do and um, yeah follow on social media and whatnot because I um, do am going to be recording a new album soon. Uh, well, not super soon, but sometime this year I'm going to be recording. And uh, eventually I'll post the details about that probably in September or October, I think. And the last song, I Should Get Off My Phone, is going to be on it, as well as this next song, which is called Marigold. And I wrote this song um, for one of my best friends. She was going through a hard time with some grief and loss. So I wrote this song for her to let her know that, you know, I can't, take that grief away, but that I'm always there for her. Let's hear it. Molly O'Leary, thank you again. Best of luck and uh, get home safely. Thank you. 95.9 WATD, the tiny stage is yours. Down by the ocean Everything's in slow motion Flying high into a false sky I don't ever wanna say goodbye I bet God looks just like you your face is your heart, a philosopher's truth, single line tattoos. Ryan's loss 
a faded bruise Marigolds Do you know Do you know Marigolds I love you so Christmas and birthdays make you cry Your father's death in unsolved crime Tears don't fade with the passing of time I bet God looks just like you Your face is your heart, a philosopher's truth Single line tattoos Ryan's loss, a faded bruise